Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. Beginning in January, landlords in Denver County will be required to accept housing vouchers for rent payment. It's the city's latest step to maintain affordable housing and to prevent unnecessary homelessness. At the same time, Denver is not the only county initiating positive steps to develop and maintain affordable housing in the five-county metroplex area. Another is Adams County, now in the middle of their balanced housing plan. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The Adams County Balanced Housing Plan has five principal recommendations. Among them are to maintain current housing stock, to balance housing supply with demand, and to decrease the affordability gap. The county began developing its three-phase plan in 2016 and is well on its way toward implementation. On this edition, we take a close-up look at the Adams County Balanced Housing Plan with Peter Lafari, Director of Unison Housing Partners in Adams County, and with Paulo Diaz, Adams County Poverty Reduction Specialist. I think when we're talking about balance, it's making sure that we have all different types of housing for all the different needs and all the different stages um, of life that people are in. I think when you're looking at Adams County, you have a population that just hit half a million um, that's continuing to grow. It's the second fastest growing county here in the Denver metro area. So we're expecting our population to continue to grow. Um, People are trying to get out of the city and moving into the suburbs. And so we want to make sure that whatever stage of life you're in, you have Uh, we have the right type of housing for you. And so that's kind of how all this began. The county commissioned a housing needs assessment um, back in 2016. And the whole purpose of that was to try to figure out what kind of housing do we have in stock? What things do we have and what do we need? And so with that, that's kind of how the balanced housing plan was born. So you're having almost a new Adams County against the traditional classic Adams County that's been there a long time. I mean, I definitely think that that's one way to look at it. I think just like with any type of growth and development, um, we Adams County has a lot of land. I mean, the historicness of um, agricultural land yeah. um, and our ability to potentially develop over there. Um, and then when you're looking at the things that are happening in Denver, uh, whether it's regarding homelessness or whether it's just, you know, rising cost of prices in Denver, um, a lot of people are trying to move to the more suburban areas. And that's kind of where Adams County comes to play. To the more suburban areas, Looking at more affordable housing, more available housing, uh, stock, that uh, stock that sounds like we're working for a retailer and it's sure. sitting on the shelf there. <laughs> right. Uh, but so that's why you're saying people, the more people are moving to reunion and places like that. Yep, exactly. I think more people are kind of going to that area. I mean, I live in Buffalo Run, so just north of Reunion, and so many people who live in that particular area move from another part of Adams County. So uh, people are just trying to grow, and but the bottom line is, is when you're looking at uh, the demographics of Adams County, um, there's also a lot of low-income needs, um, and we're basically just trying to make sure that everybody has housing availability. We rarely think of the suburbs as having low-income needs at all. Sure. Correct. But they do. They absolutely do. I think especially if you're looking at those closer to the Denver area, like the south part of Thornton, um, southeastern part of Westminster, um, even looking at Federal Heights up there, uh, those are definitely more low-income areas. I mean, you even look at some of the school districts that we have in Adams County, yeah. uh, whether it's Westminster Public Schools, I think their average is about 80% free reduced lunch. Um, you're looking at Adams 14, which is in Commerce City, the south part of Commerce City. Uh, they're looking at about... I can't remember the percentage, it's about 80% as well mm-hmm. um, on free and reduced lunch. So absolutely, it's a 
wider range of needs, um, high income and low income, but definitely we're trying to focus more on the low income with regards to um, affordable housing. So really the whole vision behind the balanced housing plan um, is just making sure that we have housing for all types of family at the different stages of their lives. And so when you put a housing plan together, the housing authority or the unison what is it? Unison Housing Partners. Yeah, the Unison Housing Partners say, oh, we've got stuff we can play with now. <laughs> you know, we can point people to and do. So uh, you all are more part of the implementation in some respects of as the plan develops along the way to make sure people can get into it and putting the rules and the and the game plan together for so that citizens and consumers uh, can access the housing that the plan is talking about then, right? That's correct, Adam. You know, we, we look to operationalize the plan, uh, put the plan to use and, and utilize the tools for the best interests of the people we exist to serve. Uh, you know, uh, Paulo mentioned uh, the net in migration numbers. Uh, Adams County is booming. Uh, we think that's because it's an amazing place to live uh, with great opportunities for folks across the social economic spectrum. Uh, from Unison's perspective, the reason we, we changed our name was because our affordable housing doesn't happen organically. It takes a village. We need stakeholders to be pulling together in the same sure. direction. Um, and this plan and, and the, the, the genesis of the plan, uh, so Commissioner Eva Henry, who's uh, on my board and has been a staunch supporter and advocate of affordable housing and anti-poverty initiatives, when we came together and, and she shared that there was an appetite at the county to, to walk down this road, you know, we said, look, you know, um, we know from experience as housers uh, throughout many decades of of trying different approaches was that a mixed income community is 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 the best solution for all individuals that call that sure. community home. Mixed income county maybe, but not necessarily in the same subdivision. Well, we actually believe that. In and the that's same a novice. Qu- that's a novice question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm glad we we're able to dig in here. You know. We believe that affordable housing is serving uh, uh, sections of the economy that are not uh, on their own by the market economy, right? And mm-hmm. so it's an underserved section of the of the market. And what we have is folks earning you know, a spectrum really from 30% of area median income to 60% is traditionally considered affordable. But what we found with the, the rapid uh, rise of cost of living in Adams County uh, as folks are moving out of the traditional city center, the city core, yeah. uh, because they're they're looking for greater affordability, they want all the same things that the folks that we traditionally serve. They want they want great schools. They want access to to transport. Uh, they want parks. They want uh, walkability, and these are all the areas that Paulo had mentioned uh, have naturally. And these are the areas that we operate. That's our backyard. That's our kitchen, as I like to say. And so. With that opportunity, folks from all walks and, and backgrounds get to experience organically um, other individuals' uh, life, right? So if you go to – if you wake up and, and we don't have mixed-in communities, you don't have these spontaneous interactions where mm-hmm. folks get to see one group of individuals maybe get up, go to work for the city. Another gets to go up and work for uh, uh, either white-collar trades, blue-collar trades. And so if we can have communities that have a, a broad cross-section of incomes – Sure. Uh, we have tremendous outcomes over a longitudinal period. Now, one of the things that your plan uh, talks about, too, is that developers have to jump through so many regulations to get projects done. 
how is the county streamlining that particular process? Because developers will also work you the other way to <laughs> do it the same the same time. But I, I think I was reading in the report at thirty or twenty five or thirty different sanitation and water districts. We do. There. Yes, we have over thirty different water and sanitation districts. So and, uh, and the county can't dictate to them. Yeah, they're their own separate entity. Exactly. You can't give them standards of, you know, you have to use these size pipes all the time or something. You can't right. do anything like that. You're absolutely correct because basically what you're looking at is you are operating under different rules. And so one of the things that we can certainly do um, as Adams County is provide a little bit more predictability towards the builders um, as to what it looks like. So it, we could coordinate with them. We can try to figure out how we can develop a plan to um, hopefully streamline the process a little bit, whether it's the application process or just giving them the basic knowledge of what it is that they need to be able to develop in a particular area because of the the multitude of rules that they would have to apply by depending on where they're building. So we want to increase that coordination and uh, be a little bit more transparent about it. But builders always say, though, you know, we got to make X amount of dollars. If we can't make X amount of dollars, how many more rules can you kind of back out of there to to help us? And at a point, the county has to say, eh, Wait a minute, not so much. Yeah, correct. Um, so that's one of the things we'll have to figure out. I mean, you talk about builders having to make money. I think that that's why, you know, I think, what did they say? Um, since 2004, 86% of the development in Adams County had been single-family homes. Mm -hmm. And so this yeah. is what we were talking about, Peter and I were talking about before, in terms of the missing middle of um, some people want to live in townhomes and apartments, and that those are the things that they can afford, and not these 86% of the single-family homes that are being constructed over the last 14, 15 years. One of the problems, Peter, I think you have is that even the counties growing now, Denver City's growing, Arapahoe County's growing, they're all growing now. Mm. Well, that tends to be a cyclical. That's right. So whatever your cost of building is now, you also have to build in something to recover that and for who's going to be living in those mm -hmm. homes then. Is, is, is that kind of a look in the crystal ball and see what we come up with? Yeah, you got to play some bets. You know, the development game is not uh, a short-term endeavor. Yeah. Uh, for us, on average, it takes about two and a half to three years from the point that we pencil out a project to the point that we have our grand opening and we're getting folks housed. And so mm -hmm. uh, it is a risk. Uh, there is a reason why we are in the situation where we are in where we're, we're, there's such a great lack of affordable units because of that time frame. And we know that we came out of the Great Recession of 2008. So when we're looking at it, we're looking at we, – we, we have to ensure the viability of the project for the long term. And so we go about doing that by minimizing our debt. That's how we keep the rents low. And so we use, we use all the available sources that are on the table for us. One of the things that we've done in Adams County um, – um, we, we can talk about this, the Broadway project, which we're sure. excited about mm – -hmm. um, the economic climate is very difficult. Traditionally, the way that we develop affordable housing in the United States is utilizing a program called the Low Income Housing Tax Credit Program. Sure. Um, well, that program um, has uh, taken taken some hits coming out of the, the Tax Reform Act, right? So the pricing that we get has been reduced. And uh, concurrently, the cost of money through debt has gone up. Um, so right. Uh, one of the ways that we were able to get to home base here was we were able to, uh, to collaborate with Adams County, and they have conveyed the, via a deed transfer with an associated covenant to ensure the uh, appropriate use of said uh, land 
Okay, you're using terms of art. I got to deconstruct them for <laughs> listeners. All right. Covenants so basically, so basically, and, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. That means that. you got a D to yeah. the place, and so, it has to run under certain rules. Yeah, Is that yeah, it? exactly? So, okay. so, so we had a we had a a, a building that the county had operated uh, with human uh, children and family services that um, was no longer viable. Yeah. So. Um, they transferred that that building to us okay. along with the land. And so that that uh, introduced uh, a pretty significant cost savings for us. So now we don't have – the housing authority doesn't have to go out and compete on the open market for available land. Right. And so that saves us money. That's an innovative way and something that was born out of the uh, the core components of the housing plan to be able to get us to be able to, de- to develop that community. And, and you say Broadway now for – Listeners, everybody thinks it's Broadway and Denver. No, the, one of the beauties in Denver is that a lot of key arterial names continue right. throughout right. the entire city. Yeah. So this is the Adams County end of That's Broadway. That's correct. It's on the north end of Broadway. So this is uh, right at the intersection of Broadway and 36. Okay. And, and, uh, and a new light rail is coming through there and all that stuff. Well, actually, that's that's or was that another? That's project? a different project. That's okay, a, I'm getting your projects confused. Got so okay. much going We're on. We're trying to stay busy because there's a great need. <laughs> so, uh, the the project you mentioned, Adam, is is another. I think a, a beautiful example of what we're talking about as well. So that's called Crossing Point, and that's going to be for for elderly individuals age 62 and up. Mm-hmm. And so that's a community at 104th in Colorado in Thornton. And so what we did with Thornton is we entered into an intergovernmental agreement, which allowed us to be a bit more creative as we worked to work as we worked to whittle down some of those dynamics that you had mentioned when it came to water and impact fees. Yeah. And so that community is under construction as we speak. Folks can see it going up right now. How many units are going to have there? So that's going to be 70 units. 70 units? Serving seniors earning between 30 percent of area median income up to 60 percent of median income. Oh, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that develops because you have a lot of boomers now who are looking for places to go and places to be, and they just have a Social Security check. And then Mm -hmm. you have some other ones who have a little bit of funds left the kids don't have yet. That's right. Mm -hmm. And they have an entirely different lifestyle than what uh, their parents have. You know, we've gotten into many discussions about downsizing. Is it downsizing anymore or is it right-sizing? Because you may have other things you do, a sewing room, an art room, a uh, hang out and do stuff room. Just because the kids leave doesn't mean you get rid of the house. You mm-hmm. may repurpose the room instead. And I set that up because infill and current housing stock and how to maintain it is also a part of a part of the plan with the existing uh, homes that are there. So uh, are you looking at? I know that I think Chaffa or somebody has uh, housing plans where homeowners can sort of redo their homes mm-hmm. as they age mm-hmm. to make their aging in place better. Yep. And that's a part of the plan, too. That's definitely a part of the plan. We're talking about the infill development. We're also looking at um, accessory dwelling units mm-hmm. um, at you know, living changes or living the way people live now are obviously far different than the way that they lived before. So that's another way for us to be able to house all these different individuals is to um, accessory dwelling units. Accessory dwelling units mm-hmm. that you can build on the side of the current property you have. Exactly, exactly. So we have some requirements regarding that. I think part of it is, you know, the the land has to be larger than like 4,000 square feet in terms of like the actual property itself. Um, but that's definitely something that we're looking at and our board is definitely looking at. The subject on this edition is the Adams County Balanced Housing Plan. Providing insight to the plan, goals, and implementation are 
Pablo Diaz, Adams County Poverty Reduction Specialist, and Peter Lafari, Director of the Unison Housing Partners in Adams County. We'll continue our conversation with them on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch, stay in your game, and we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.